I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Business Boost Podcast. I'm Michelle Broadbent and this episode is one that I have been so, 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 so looking forward to recording for you because today I am going to share with you my books of the year. These are the books that have boosted not just my business, but also my life this year. I did a similar episode last year at the end of 2021. That was episode 38. Uh, If you want to go back and have a listen to the books that I shared last year, um, and I thought I would make it an annual thing. And this year I'm doing it early enough in December so that if you are looking for some books to put on your Christmas wish list, or maybe you are looking for some inspiration for books to gift to the other special people in your life, then you are going to get some great ideas from today's episode because I've read so much this year. Um, It's kind of been more in fits and starts. So I went through a bit of a reading slump through kind of the middle part of the year. I think there was just so much else going on in my life that I didn't have the concentration to sit down and really get lost in a book. But it's so funny because I always know that that is the tonic for me. Like if things are crazy and hectic, losing myself in a story is a really great way of of just kind of managing myself through just through trickier times. I think also because I equate reading with relaxation and a lot of those parts of the year where I wasn't reading an awful lot, I was like the opposite of relaxed. So I'm really pleased that particularly over the last few months, I have really ramped up my reading and I'm looking forward to doing a lot of it over the summer break. So before I get stuck into my recommendations, I do just want to mention that I would love to hear yours. When you listen to this episode, send me a message or share it on your Insta stories and just make mention of what your book of the year is. Is it one of the books that I'm sharing today? Or perhaps you've got something that based on what I'm sharing, you think, ah, Michelle would really love that. Please share it with me. I need recommendations. I'm going on holidays and I plan on doing heaps of reading. Send all recommendations because they are very, very welcome. So I will get stuck into the books that have boosted my life this year. I'm going to separate the nonfiction and the fiction. Now, these are like my top books of the year. I have read a lot. I'm part of a book club. So, and we meet 
every six weeks. So I always have my book club book on the go. I'm always also reading something in that period of time that's not for book club. And I've talked about this before. I often listen to nonfiction books on Audible. So um, I will preface that all of these books that I am sharing with you, except for one, I have read the physical book. I can't listen to fiction. I just find that I get distracted. I miss bits of the story. I have tried, but I just much prefer to sit with a physical book and I'm not a Kindle owner. I know that's like controversial. A lot of people are like, what? You don't have a Kindle. But no, I just, there is nothing better to me than the physical book. And I love to keep the books that I've really, really enjoyed. I love sharing my books with my friends. Um, if I've, if I've really loved something or I think that they will enjoy it. Um, and I keep books forever like the books that I really love. I've got books that I've had for 30 years probably sitting on my bookshelf and, you know, what's really nice now too and and mums of younger children, you probably won't believe that this is ever going to be in your future, but Ruby is my eldest daughter who is 15, is reading a lot of my old books now and current books as well. We've got a couple of authors that we both really like. So that's really nice too because, you know, I've probably modelled that reading behaviour to her um, and she's always been like a voracious reader, Tilly, not so much, especially now that she's got a phone. That has just been like the biggest distraction when it comes to reading. But yeah, I, I think it's really nice that that we've got that in common. So so I keep physical books. I read physical books. Uh, let me get stuck in to those books. So I'm going to start off with the nonfiction books of the year. And the first one that I wanted to share with you was a book called That Will Never Work. And it's by Mark Randolph, who was one of the founders of Netflix. So I heard uh, Mark interviewed on a Marie Folio podcast probably halfway through the year, I think it was, or maybe a little bit earlier than that. Um, and I listened to that interview and I thought, wow, what a guy, like what an interesting story. And I ordered the book straight away. It is not a new book. I think it may have been written maybe as far back as 2019, which I know is not old, but when you consider how frequently um, books are published, uh, the fact that I kind of stumbled across this um, and, and, and missed it when it came out, more the point, I was really happy because it is a ripper of a book. It is essentially the tale of how Netflix came to be. But what I loved so much is that it was about those really early days where they were like super, super, super scrappy and having to test, test, try, fail, 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 try again, try something different that's failing. And just following that journey, being a part of that, he writes really well, like you, you, oh my God, like I felt anxious a lot of the time. I know it sounds really weird that like one of the books that I'm recommending is something that made me feel anxious, but obviously I knew that Netflix eventually got off the ground, but how it came to get there is a really fascinating read. So I would kind of categorize this book as being part business book, part autobiography. It's a really beautiful story 
story around like humility. Like this guy, Mark Randolph, like essentially, I mean, you know, kind of a bit of a spoiler alert here, but I think, you know, anyone that knows the story of Netflix may know this, is that while he was one of the founders, what he recognized as the business started to grow was that he was really good at being a startup guy. That was his zone of genius. He was really good at the scrappy part and coming up with those ideas that could kind of, you know, get things off the ground. But in terms of building what is now the behemoth that is Netflix, he recognized that he wasn't the one to do that and he wasn't the one to carry it forward. And he talks very, very openly about how that decision was almost made for him and how he then executed on that. It is just a really great story. Um, I actually cried at the end of it. I don't know if I was just in an overwhelmed state in my own life. And also, actually, I was on an airplane when I finished the book. And I think there is like a scientific fact that um, our emotions are heightened in the air. So that's why you often find yourself like bawling your eyes out in movies that you're watching in flight and laughing your head off at things that maybe you might not find so funny down on the ground. But it is it is a scientific fact. And I know that because I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but I used to sell in-flight entertainment. That was my former life before I started my business. So yeah, so I was finishing the book. (laughs) That was a big tangent. I was finishing the book on a plane and I just bawled my eyes out. Yeah, the underlying message in here is like, you have to try. You're never going to know how things are going to go until you have tried. God, did they try. It's fascinating. So that will never work by Mark Randolph, uh, put it on your list. The next book that had a really lingering, long-lasting effect on me, and I'm still thinking about it despite the fact that I finished it probably about three or four months ago now, is a book called Stolen Focus. The author is Johan Hari, and it is probably one of the most frightening books that I have read and not because it, well, it is a horror story. It is a horror story about why we cannot, as human beings, pay attention anymore. Johan Hari, I heard again, like this is how I often find out about books is that I hear the author interviewed on a podcast and I heard him interviewed on a few podcasts. Christy Goodwin actually recommended this book when she came on this podcast earlier this year. I had it on my list. And then Sharon Darmody, when she came on the podcast as well, she talked about it. And I was like, okay, I need I need to read this book. It is an investigation into why as humans, we've lost our ability to focus. It is incredibly well-researched, but it's not boring and dry. Uh, Johan Hari, at his heart, yes, he's a researcher, but he is also a storyteller, and he is a really compelling storyteller. You could, you know, I could listen to, he would be someone that I would love, speaking of planes, I would love to be sat next to on a, on a long-haul flight. I just think he's a completely fascinating storyteller. 
this book is about how, you know, as humans, we are not able to focus, not because of our like lack of motivation or um, laziness or any of those things. It is all of these incredibly powerful forces that are at play to intentionally steal our attention, steal our focus. So things like technology, the food we eat, the air we breathe, the education system, social media, everything. And he dives into this in a really, really fascinating way. He does his own personal experiments as well, which he shares, which are really amazing. And he interviews some really fascinating people and asks interesting questions. And I just love the work that he has done, I was just, it was gobsmacking, I think is probably the word that I would use to describe like so much of the story. I was just like, like lots of those kind of like sharp intake of breath. And if I was anywhere near like my kids or anything, I'd be like, mommy, what's wrong? And I'm just like, oh my God, this book, this book. So I think it should be on it like the mandatory reading list for everyone, particularly parents, teachers, business owners, just anyone functioning in society, it explains an awful lot. And particularly if right now you're feeling depleted, pulled in a million directions, can't put your phone down, can't get your kids to listen to you, you will feel seen and heard when you read this book. And I think it would be a great book to gift to other people as well. It's really, really insightful. The next book that has just had a really interesting impact on my business definitely has been a book by Keith Cunningham and it's called The Road Less Stupid. Now, I listened, this is the only book out of all of these that I'm sharing with you that I listened to on Audible. I don't actually know if there's a physical book available or if it is just an audio book, um, but it's readily available on audio book. And I think it is one that needs to be listened to, if only to listen to this. I think he's Texan. Um, he's definitely that sort of American droll kind of accent. But the premise of this book is that even smart people do dumb things. And the key to business and life success is to minimize or ideally avoid altogether doing dumb things. He talks about dumb tax and how as humans, like, you know, when we're being really emotional or overly optimistic or just not thinking our decisions through properly, that can lead us to paying a hell of a lot of dumb tax. This book is is essentially a guide to how to avoid that. He talks a lot about execution and being able to execute the right things. His turn of phrase, which you will hear peppered all through the book, is here it is on a bumper sticker. And it's basically like the the learning, the lesson, the condensed version of the information that he shares in every single chapter. And it is absolutely brilliant. It is filled with pearls of wisdom. And it's all really basic obvious stuff, but it is the stuff that we stupidly, pardon the pun, forget about. 
and we go headlong into some really sometimes crazy decisions as business owners. And this is just like a bit of a, you know, it's that voice of reason I think that we all need to hear every now and again. I guess that overall theme is switching out of reactive mode and stepping into proactive mode. And his catchphrase is operators react and sweat, owners think and plan. So it's really, really tactical. There's lots and lots and lots of tactics that you can use in your business um, and the insights that he shares around the stories and that kind of thing to bring those insights to life to just help you run your business more effectively um, and make more money, but not just make more money, but like keep the money that you make as well. Um, The other thing that I love, which is part of the sort of overall arching format of this book is that every chapter has thinking time. So these are really... I want to say it, questions that make you think, but they are. They're questions around the content and he's designed those questions to get you thinking deeply. So you're not just reacting and responding emotionally. It's stopping you from defaulting to the obvious. I think that is, that's what this thinking time does, helping you create better choices and making fewer stupid decisions. So I think if you are ready for some straight shooting tough love. I think this book is perfect if you've got any high Ds on the disc profile in your life. They will love this book. It is fantastic. But like I said, I I don't know if there is an actual physical book in publication. Um, I think it is just an audio book, but highly, highly, highly recommend. And then the final sort of businessy, biz, personal, like I guess professional development book on my list for the year is The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan. Now, there is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of rhetoric around this book at the moment. I think possibly because, I don't know, is I, I think I heard Amy Porterfield mention it on a podcast. I had already read it, but I, I know there's a lot of people talking about this book right now. As I said, it's by a guy called Dan Sullivan, who some of you may know of his uh, last book, which was called Who Not How. And it's a great, it's a quick read. It's a short book. Um, I read it in less than a weekend. But what it does is it basically makes us flip the way that we look at progress. And this is really poignant at this time of year when you are reflecting on the year that was. And so often as humans, it's our natural tendency to look at what we didn't achieve what the gap is and and sort of stay in that gap and focus our energy on that gap. But this is encouraging us to flip that switch and focus on the gains and how much more of a sort of powerful, more fulfilling way it is to measure our progress, the, like the benefits of focusing on the games, how important that is to our continued progress and feeling fulfilled around what we do. Like I said, short and sweet book, but really, really powerful. And um, I think it will make you look very differently at how you have finished out the year this year. So staying on the nonfiction, but this is absolutely nothing business related whatsoever. And I will probably go as far as to say, I don't want to have to pick a favorite, 
but this was definitely, (laughs) if I had to pick a favourite, this book would be my favourite book of the year. And that is 40 Favours the Brave by Lise Carlaw and Sarah Wills. Now, if you don't know who Lise and Sarah are, you may also know of them as those two girls. They are two women who are in their early 40s. They're ex-radio, breakfast radio host. Um, They're based in Queensland here in Australia. And they are like this double act of brilliance. They're like the girlfriends that we all wish that we had in our gang. They also have a podcast, which is called 40, um, which drops every Monday where they interview a woman who is in her 40s around, you know, what life is like in her, in the, in their fifth decade. And this book is like, (laughs) it is an extension of that podcast on steroids. It is such an utterly brilliant book for anyone who is over 40, but also anyone who is approaching their 40s as well. I think this is just a fantastic, great gift, great gift for yourself. It does need to come with a health warning though. You need to have done your pelvic floor exercises because you are going to challenge that the strength of your bladder because there is so much hilarity in this book. You also need to be mindful of where you are reading it because I I had so many kind of laugh out loud moments throughout it. Um, but essentially it is Lise and Sarah sharing their tales of their, not just their life, but also other women in their life, um, tales of what life is like in their 40s and beyond the lessons they've learned, heartbreak, what they wish they'd known, relationship changes, surprising, joyful things about being in their 40s. Everything's covered, aging, death, health, our relationship with our bodies, hormones, how to celebrate your birthday, Oh, so much, so much gold. Um, I just, I want you, I just want you to read this book. It is absolutely fantastic. I think what they have as like an underlying theme here is how powerful it is to be a woman in your 40s. And I cannot echo that sentiment enough. You know, that decade of kind of ditching what we should be doing and and what the nice thing to do is for what's important to us and deciding how we want our lives to look. They are a huge fan of the the no list or as I call it, the to don't list. Um, And they also feature their joy list as well. And I am so bloody excited to be bringing you in a couple of weeks as part of the summer series of this podcast is I I got to interview Lise and Sarah about this book and just about their relationship and everything. So it's quite a long interview. So I'm I'm saving that for your holiday listening um, and you are going to love them. So please buy this book if you haven't read it already. It is absolutely fabulous. Great holiday read as well and a really fantastic gift if you've got anyone in your life who is either about to enter or is in their 40s. Um, So that's it for the nonfiction books of the year for me. I'm going to share with you a couple of fiction books and they're actually recent books. They're readily available and I should say that the links for all of these books are in the episode notes in your podcast app but also in the show notes on 
um, my website, which is michellebroadbent.com.au forward slash podcast. Um, so you'll have all the links for these there. So I'm going to share with you two books that I've read recently that I think are brilliant holiday sun lounger kind of reads. The first one is by one of my only recently discovered authors who is Sally Hepworth. She's an Australian author and her most latest book is called The Soulmate. This is just such a brilliant page turner. I think the thing that I love about Sally Hepworth is that if if you're a fan of Leanne Moriarty, and maybe you think like I have, and I know this is terrible, but I feel like she's gone a bit rogue. Like I feel like, you know, she's probably got some publisher breathing down her neck about like churning out these bestsellers to top big little lies. And I'm just not as in love with her latest stuff. I much prefer her older books. Sally Hepworth, she fills that gap for me now. She is that they're Australian. I think you would classify them as like domestic drama stories. And this one, The Soulmate, is where it's like this family have moved into this house, which is located behind a spot where people jump from. I don't want to give too much away, but basically a woman jumps or did she jump? Did she fall or was she pushed? And then the story unravels from there. But it's a real page turner. I finished it very, very quickly. I couldn't, it was one of those books that I kept staying up late at night to read. It was so good. And I thought, God, I wish I'd saved this for the holidays, but I'm really glad I didn't because now I can talk about it with you and recommend it. So um, yeah, if you're looking for like, you know, an airport bookshop purchase, get The Soulmate. And then a bonus tip, if you've never read any of Sally Hepworth's books, she's written loads. There's heaps in the back catalogue. So if you like this, there's more where that came from, which I always love discovering a new author like that. Speaking of an author with a back catalogue and a new book out, Jane Harper, another brilliant Australian writer, has a new book out which is called Exiles. So Jane Harper most famously wrote The Dry, which was turned into a movie which starred Eric Banner. So that may be where you have heard uh, about it before. And the main character in Exiles is also the main character in The Dry. It's a detective called Aaron Falk. This book, it's set in country. South Australia and it's set at like a busy kind of festival and what happens is a woman goes missing, like just vanishes no one knows where she went or or what happened to her. She left her baby behind alone in a pram. So this this story is actually set one year after her disappearance. So the festival's on again, it's 12 months later, and so the story begins. And it's just a really brilliant mystery. Like you, I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming. And there's like a couple of mysteries kind of interwoven into it as well. It's like this core group of characters, which are, they're all friends and they're all related. And there's like all these sort of historical relationships that come into play. And it's just a really great, intriguing mystery novel. You you won't be able to put it down. And I think it would just be an amazing book to read over the summer. And again, if you've never read any of Jane Harper's work before, then there's a number of books that she has written. If you love this book, then then there's more, more where that came from. 
So they are my top books for this year that that I haven't already shared with you. So there's been a couple of episodes of the podcast this year where I've shared what has been boosting my life and in those I have shared a couple of books. So episode 77 is one of those episodes. If you haven't listened to that, go back and I talk about some books that I had read, namely Cassandra Speaks, which is a book by Elizabeth Lesser, and Currently Between Husbands, which is a book that Catherine Mahoney wrote. And also, as I said, episode 38 was my books of the year for 2021, if you need some more inspiration. But I will put links to all of that in the show notes on my website. So just go to michellebroadbent.com au forward slash podcast. Everything will be there. And I'm also going to include in it all the recommendations of the books that my guests from this year have recommended as well. So there's loads and loads and loads to fill up your Christmas wish list, perhaps some gift buying inspo, and just your holiday reading list because there is nothing better than getting stuck into a book when you've got a little bit of space to really enjoy it. I've got a lot of friends who, like me, read at nighttime and they often find that they sort of read like a page and a half and then fall asleep. They can't get into a story. So having a little bit more space over the holidays definitely gives you an opportunity to read more. But like I said at the top of the episode, please please send me your recommendations. I love getting recommendations or books or podcasts or anything like that. Anything that's going to boost my life, please share it with me. I really, really love to hear from you. So I'm going to jump off now. I will be back next week, but until then, have an amazing week. I hope that the festive season is off to a wonderful start for you. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. 